Welcome to the Reinvent Your Health podcast. If you are done with being unhealthy, tired and sick, and are ready to get healthy so you can improve the quality of your life, then this podcast is for you. When it comes to making a healthy transformation, one of the most important things you can do is focus on your diet. And when it comes to your diet, one of the things you hear a lot about is macronutrients. And there are three main macronutrients. Now, there are two of those that have been villainized for a while. The first one is fat. The second one is carbohydrates. But today we're going to talk about protein. And when it comes to making a healthy transformation, it's extremely important to make sure you get the right amount of protein in your diet. So what exactly is protein? So proteins are organic molecules that are made up of a chain of 50 or more amino acids. And then within the body, there are nine categories of protein. There are enzymes, and these are the proteins that break down molecules to be absorbed by the body. There are structural proteins, and these strengthen the cells. Uh, collagen is a good example of that, which is, happens to be the most abundant protein in the human body. There are signaling proteins, and these facilitate cellular communication. Uh, a good example of that would be insulin. There are regulatory proteins, and these bind DNA and determine gene expression. There are transport proteins that move nutrients around the body. Uh, Hemoglobin is a good example of this. There are sensory proteins, and these proteins convert light into chemical and electrical signals that the brain interprets. There are motor proteins, and those allow the cells to move. There are defense proteins, which is a vital part of the immune system. So antibodies are defense proteins. And then last but not least, there are storage proteins, and these store nutrients. So when it comes to what proteins are made of, there are 20 different amino acids that link together in various uh, configurations to make different proteins for your body. And of those 20 different amino acids, there are nine of those that are considered essential. And what that means is, is that your body is not able to synthesize those, pro- those amino acids themselves. So you have to get those in your diet which is another reason why consuming protein in your diet is very critical because that way you get these nine essential amino acids. So why is protein so important? So proteins serve as building material for the structure of our bodies as well as various chemicals that operate within it. So proteins are important for many functions in the body, which include forming all enzymes that spark metabolism, Uh, building and repairing tissue, uh, synthesizing hormones, uh, helping in the formation of antibodies to fight infection, and carrying oxygen to the tissues. So again, all of these things and more are some of the things that protein do in, in your body, which is why they're so important. Protein is also a primary component of muscle, hair, skin, nails, eyes, and internal organs. Protein is extremely critical for muscle mass. And if you see any bodybuilder, one of the things they always talk about is how much protein they're getting. And they're drinking protein shakes and making sure they ate plenty of protein. So kind of a funny story when it comes to protein. So years ago, me and a friend of mine, 
we went to the Arnold Classic, which is in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And it's basically a fitness expo where they have like a bunch of, you know, protein companies and, and supplement companies and, and you name it, all kinds of fitness equipment companies at these booths. And then they have fitness competitions, muscle, you know, posing and uh, powerlifting, all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, when you are at that ex- expo, there are tons of people that are all, you know, built really big and, and, and kind of there's professional bodybuilders there, but then there's a ton of amateurish bodybuilders there as well. And uh, we happened to go to lunch um, away from the expo, a couple blocks away from the expo at this place called the, I think it was called the Mongolian barbecue. And it's a place where you, you have like a salad bar type place where there's all kinds of raw vegetables, raw meats and all that type of stuff. You fill your bowl up, take it up. They got a giant uh, griddle that they cook it all on, stick it back in the bowl, take it back to your table and you eat it. And when we went there, the place was packed with these bodybuilders and all of their bowls were not just filled with chicken and beef, but they were like pile high where there's like physically no way possible to get any more chicken or beef on there without it falling over. Like they were piled to the top. and Though that that restaurant had trouble even keeping the trays of meat stocked, and people were just scooping it up like crazy. So these guys really know the importance of protein. Again, you know, they had a lot of muscle on them, so so protein was very critical. So I don't know. It's just kind of funny to see that much protein being consumed in that little period of time. So so protein is not just critical for you know bodybuilders, just any anybody that's uh, you know wanting to stay healthy. So. So when it comes to protein and muscle mass, muscle mass is extremely critical for aging adults. So we lose three to five percent of our muscle mass for each decade of life after 30 years old. So it's so muscle mass, maintaining muscle mass beyond 30 is extremely important, and you cannot do that without protein. So getting adequate protein when you get older is extremely critical. Uh, another thing that I had learned recently is that uh, the survivability of cancer is increased with the amount of skeletal muscle that you have. So again, another reason to uh, have that muscle mass and to uh, consume protein. So another thing I learned recently is that higher protein diets are actually associated with a lower BMI, which is the body mass index. Lower levels of visceral fat, and visceral fat is the fat that surrounds your internal organs as opposed to subcutaneous fat, which is right under the layer of your skin, and also improve cholesterol profile. So protein can also help you manage your blood glucose, it can help you burn body fat, and it can help you regulate your appetite. So adding more protein to your first meal a day can decrease the signals in the brain that stimulate appetite. So speaking of the brain, amino acids are essential for the brain. Many amino acids act as neurotransmitters, which are the chemical messengers of the brain. One example of that is tryptophan. And tryptophan is actually the precursor to serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone. And another way that protein is good for your brain is there was a study in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease that states that a that states that adults who consume the highest levels of protein had the least amount of amyloid beta in their brains, which forms the backbone of the plaques that clog 
up the brain as Alzheimer's disease. So when it comes to consuming protein, one of the benefits is that protein actually burns more calories while you eat it than the other two macronutrients. Basically, it means that you have to burn more calories while you are consuming protein, which is basically called the thermic effect of food, than the other, the other categories of macronutrients. And it happens to be the most satiating of the macronutrients. So again, you feel fuller longer. And that's another good reason to have a high-protein breakfast is that it starts your day feeling fuller and that you're less likely to want to uh, gorge later on. All right, so what are some types of protein and how much protein should you be eating? So there's obviously the, uh, the, the proteins that you're used to. You know, there's the eggs, chicken, there's beef, there's wild-caught salmon. There's any of the animal products are proteins, but also if you are happen to be vegetarian or vegan, there's lentils, there's beans, there's nuts and seeds, there's tofu, there's tempa. So really you can get protein in many different sources. And one of the things that's extremely important, especially when it comes to the, uh, the animal sources, is that you get the, the right quality of the protein. So really, when it comes to eggs and chicken, it's best to get the pasture raised. And I, I believe I talked about this in my in some other episodes. Is you know the quality of your meat, the quality of your chicken and beef is really important um, because you're not just eating what the animal. You're not just eating the animal. You're eating what the animal ate. And when you're getting factory raised uh, beef and stuff, then you're getting all the 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 antibodies and hormones and and the grains and stuff that they fed them as opposed to pasture-raised chicken, you know, wild-caught salmon, and uh, grass-fed beef. So the quality of the protein is extremely important. So when it comes to how much protein, you really want to try to stay around 30% of your diet to be protein when it comes to, so when you when you come to constructing your plate of food, 30% of that should be protein. Um, when it comes to a good rule of thumb, when it comes to um, how much protein is that, you go anywhere between 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. So for example, a 200-pound person would want 160 grams of protein. That sounds like a lot, but keep in mind that when we talk about food, we talk about it as far as the most abundant macronutrients. So we look at like chicken and say that's a protein. We look at um, you know certain vegetables and say that's a carb or, you know, we, we throw these things in the category like they do not have any other new macronutrients in it. Most macronutrients have a, co- have a combination of all of those things. It's just that when something is the dominant macronutrient, we put it in that class all by itself. Now, one of the things that's a, a big hot topic is that, you know, sh- how much meat should you eat and how much red meat and, and, and all that stuff. There's, you know, saturated fats have been, been villainized as well. And I literally have books on my shelf, uh, nutrition books. I have books that will basically tell you you should not eat any kind of meats. You should not be eating beef. And then I have books on my shelf that are the complete opposite. So really, when it comes to protein, make sure you get a good combination of protein from all different sources. And also when it comes to meat, like one of the things that we do wrong in our society is if you think about when you you know, go to a restaurant or whatever, you have a plate and it has, you know, a gigantic steak 
and then it has like a big baked potato and then small dinky little serving of like broccoli or something uh, some sort of vegetable and that's really we kind of get that mixed up the the, the, sh- the steak in that meal should probably be at least half the size the broccoli or vegetable portion should be at least double if not triple the size and the potato portion or the carb portion should probably be at least half the size so it's really about the portion control and so when the argument comes between you know should we eat meat or should we not we do eat way too much meat but um Meat is not necessarily, for my opinion, a bad thing. Um, it, again, it's it's depending on what source you get, what you're trying to achieve, and all that stuff. So, you know, that's something that people, everybody's going to have to decide on their own whether or not they want to eat meat. But like I said, I I have I have studies of of both. I have studies of people saying you shouldn't. I have people that say you absolutely should. And there's even people that that's all they eat is meat. So it's really at each person's discretion. All right, so for this episode, what are the two action items that you can take away from this episode? So then action item number one is one thing I want you to do for an entire week is keep a food diary writing down everything you ate. And then at the end of that week, try to calculate how much protein that you had just to see where you're at. Take your, take your, your weight and then multiply it by 0.8 and that's how many grams of protein you need per day. And then just see where you're at within that range. And that's that's action item number one. It's just basically documenting where you're at and see where you fall. Now, action item number two is to look at other sources of protein and start adding some more protein to your diet in order to ramp that up to about 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. And that'll get you up to more where you need to be. You'll find yourself being a little fuller. Uh, and it probably will give you some more energy and, and really, like I said, it'll make you feel more satiated. So that's the, uh, the two action steps. One is to just document, see where you're at. And the other one is work yourself up to getting 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. All right. That's today's episode. I want to thank you for joining me today. And if you liked it, subscribe, leave a positive comment and also share it with someone that would be great. It's greatly appreciated. And again, if you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, you can visit my uh, coaching website at testyourhealth.com and sign up for a uh, free discovery call.